I've made it a habit of mine to read through archived blogs and other public forums. It's interesting to see how different the internet was while in its infancy. It can be difficult to navigate around broken links and abandoned domains, but I've come across something recently that's actually incredibly strange. It's a site that was meant for discussion on skin products, and it looks like many people got their skincare recommendations from this site. It was nice and wholesome. Digging a little deeper with the Wayback Machine, though, revealed that before the rebrand, it was a forum site specifically for something called Bear Renew, a skincare product that promised results faster than anyone else on the market and only used ingredients that were ethically sourced, something you didn't hear very often back then. People are much more aware of what they're using nowadays. Nevertheless, this brand has been defunct for over 15 years now, and I think I may have found part of the reason hidden in the depths of this site. It's a long post about this guy's experience with the product, and, well, just listen. Archived Forum Submission, February 2nd, 2002, 12.37pm. As a guy, skin care took a backseat for me most of my life. Despite the fact that I was covered in acne for nearly all my middle and high school years, you'd never see me with a bottle of face wash. I grew up in a very country town where anything on your face other than dirt or motor oil was seen as not manly enough. Yes, not being clean was seen as not manly. I can't tell you how many kids came to school smelling like absolute death because of this unspoken rule among the boys. Unfortunately for me, that's who I wanted to fit in with, so to avoid being called gay or a pussy, I left the pimples on my face to fester. Looking back, I think it would have been better in the long run just to deal with the insults from the kids who smelled like old cheese than deal with a lifetime worth of acne scars, but here we are. I'm now well into my 30s and I'm still living alone because I'm too afraid to put myself out there to try and find a partner. It's difficult enough to date when you don't feel pretty or presentable. Two weeks ago, though, something came into my life that I thought was my answer to everything. Make Bear Renew part of your daily morning ritual and see more youthful skin in just weeks. It was pretty late when I was woken up by an infomercial blasting from my television. Now, I'm not one to fall for things like this. I like to think I'm pretty smart, but this one... This one was catching my attention. I'd never heard of this Bear Renew brand, so I kept watching. Bear Renew is unlike any other skin product you've ever used before, a way too bubbly voice yelled out from the TV. Bear Renew has a unique formulation that is different from any of our competitors. No harmful chemicals, no side effects. Just clear skin in 30 days or your money back. There it is, I thought. It was always a money-back guarantee, and a new formula was different than the rest. They made sure it hit all the buzzwords. By the end of it, they were offering a three-month supply of face wash, lotion, and the actual cream itself with a soft-bristled face scrubber for $29.99 plus shipping and handling. It was one of the cheapest sets I'd seen in a long time, and believe me, I had done the research. With the guarantee that I'd get my money back if I hated it, I bit the bullet and called to order at 4 in the morning. 
It took about three weeks for the product to show up, and when it did, my optimism was quickly replaced with despair and regret. The box sitting on my stoop was severely damaged. Two of the four corners had been totally pushed in, and I could tell it had been retaped at least three times, and there was even a footprint on one side of it. <sighs> Wonderful, I said to myself. I guess that's what I get for ordering something off television. Trying to hold on to the slightest bit of hope, I picked up the box and brought it into the living room, plopping it down on the coffee table. Inside were the contents I expected. The face wash, the cream, lotion, and face scrubber. There was also one more thing that I wasn't expecting. A small journal. It was made of a soft leather, and the front had a golden embossed text that read, Track Your Journey. Inside were lined pages not dissimilar to a notebook. At the top of each page was a place for a date. Month, day, two, month, day, week, one. I tried to remember if the infomercial had said something about a free gift or not, and when I couldn't, I just chalked it up to my bad memory. It would be interesting to track my progress this way, though. I loved writing as a kid and hoped that this would keep me motivated to continue using the product, even if I didn't see the results I wanted immediately. I then inspected the items a little closer. When I popped at the top of the face wash, I was less than pleased. I know it was supposed to be pretty intense stuff, but it smelled so medicinal and it was really off-putting. Lotion made up for it, though. That was a mixture of hibiscus and honey and smelled absolutely heavenly. I gathered it all up after my thorough inspection and took it to the bathroom. I didn't need a shower, really, but I'd heard the best time to wash your face was during one. It opens the pores or something like that. So I turned on the water, waited for the steam to fill the bathroom, and then hopped in, hoping this time would be different. Archived form submission, February 2nd, 2005, 5.42 p.m. I just stepped out of the shower, and I have to be honest, this stuff feels so much different than pretty much everything I've used before. In the past, I've felt that fresh, cool feeling, but with this new product, it was like walking into a freezer. Once I dried off, I did what it told me and used the moisturizing cream, and to my surprise, I felt immediate effects. It says on the bottle that it helps close pores and prevent dirt and debris from making its way in, thus preventing acne and redness. And I'd say that was spot on. My face felt tighter, more lifted, and youthful, I'm the kind of person to need immediate results, or I'm likely to call it quits, but I think I may actually keep up with this routine. Further instructions on the box say to only use it two to three times a week, so I suppose I'll write again in a few days. Until then, I'll try to keep my giddiness to myself and see if anyone at work notices. We're still fresh into the new year, so now's the perfect time to show off my new, more radiant skin. Archived Forum Submission, February 5th, 2008. 8.56 p.m. They noticed. They actually noticed. Okay, so at this point I've decided that I'm most likely going to share my journal online, so I should probably explain a little bit about my daily life. I work in customer support, call center for a large company. My office is about as bleak as you'd imagine, about 25 cubicles spaced out over a large area on the 27th floor of a building. The only notable human interaction we get is when we bump into each other in the break room while getting coffee or when we're actually taking a break. Three separate people in the office today made a comment about how I looked happier. Alice said, 
your face is practically glowing. Jim told me I looked smoother than a baby's ass. He was never really good at compliments. But there was only one person's compliment I really cared about. I was leaning against the counter with a coffee pod when June walked in. He was going on about some customer he dealt with, but to be honest, I was keeping my head down and focusing on my coffee. I got nervous around him, and it was no doubt because he was the best looking person there. I'd caught feelings for him about a week into my job here, not just because of his looks, but because he seemed to really care about people. He was so incredibly nice and wanted nothing more than to make people happy, not just customers either. He was the one who remembered everyone's birthday in the office and would always manage to find the perfect gift for them. He was also very talkative, so when he paused mid-sentence, I was worried something had happened and looked up. My face turned bright red when I realized he'd stopped talking because he was looking at me. I tried to move his focus to something else, but before I could think of anything else to say, he blurted out, Cooper, you look really good. Did you... He searched around for something, anything that would indicate he didn't want to come off too strong. Did you do something to your hair? I couldn't help but laugh, my smile being so big it nearly hurt my face to do it. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I just started using a new moisturizer. I think it's really working. He nodded so hard his head nearly came off his shoulders. You should keep it up. He was blushing now, even fumbling over his own words a little. He turned to leave but stopped in the doorway and turned around and called out, Hey, uh, I get off in an hour, but I know you'll be here for a few more. He chuckled nervously. Uh, call me when you get off. Maybe we can go out for drinks later. It's the weekend, after all. <laughs> I was totally speechless. I just nodded my head in total shock and managed to squeak out a small, Yeah, will do before June smiled back and walked out. I won't go into vivid detail, though we all are adults here, but I'll just say that tonight was one of the best in my life. I was in complete shock. I was feeling better about myself. People had already noticed the difference. I was now with the man I'd basically been drooling over for months. Life is great right now, and I don't want that to change. I think I'm going to keep using Beer Renew for a few more weeks to see if my results get any better, but I can't imagine they can. I look practically flawless at the moment. I suppose we'll see. Archived Forum Submission, February 8th, 2002, 10.32pm. I forgot to update this over the weekend, so I'm writing this after work. I just got out of the shower and used Beer Renew for the second or third time now. I'm starting to see an even bigger change. Not only has my face cleared up completely, it's also smoothed it out. I looked back over at the bottle just now and there are no claims of anti-aging or wrinkle reducing, but I looked years younger. I used to have pretty noticeable crow's feet and very embarrassing forehead wrinkles and now they're nearly gone. I don't think my face has been this smooth since elementary school. There is one thing that's worrying me some though. My face is very smooth and my redness and wrinkles are clearing up. I've noticed my skin has become a bit more tight. Of course, that's a good thing and probably why my wrinkles are disappearing, but it's becoming much more noticeable. It's most prominent after I've applied the moisturizer, but that tight feeling wears off after an hour or two. 
I thought maybe it was just a mask and I never peeled it off, but there was nothing on the bottle to indicate that, and try as I might, I can't see anything on my face that would indicate that, so I'm probably just looking too much into it. Archived Forum Submission, February 10th, 2002, 2.43 p.m. I, uh, I went to the hospital today. I know, that's one hell of a way to start, so let me back up a little bit. I had the day off from work, so I thought it would be nice to treat myself to a warm shower, a face wash and moisturize, and then some coffee and a video. My shower was wonderful as always, but when I used the Bare Renew, I got that stiff feeling in my face again. Only this time it was much worse. I could barely lift my eyebrows or my lips, and scrunching my nose was totally impossible. Even my eyelids fought against closing. Tight wouldn't even be the right word to describe it anymore. Opening my mouth was like trying to pry apart coins that had been glued together. It was very difficult to drink, but I was able to eat by ripping apart my PB toast and dropping pieces into my mouth. Luckily, my jaw seemed to work fine. It was only my lips that fought against. It took me far too long to come to the conclusion that I could have been having an allergic reaction, that all this tightening I'd been feeling after applying Bare Renew was because my body was fighting against something in it. I snatched up the bottle, my car keys, and sped to the emergency room. Once I was with the doctor, I explained everything that happened over the past few days and lamented to him about how all I wanted was clear skin and was incredibly upset that this was going to be just like every other time. He pressed his hand in my face and pushed in. I recoiled in pain. Oh, he said, pulling back. That was painful? I nodded. He wore a puzzled look on his face, and I could see him working through things in his mind. He reached down and touched my face again, more gently this time. You're burning up, but your face isn't red. It's, it's quite stiff, though. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Do you think you can help me? It was difficult to speak without control of my lips, but I was sure he understood me. I believe the tightness is coming from the swelling and the warmth is from inflammation. We're going to send you home with a prescription to prevent any more flare-ups and we'll give you something for the swelling now before you leave. It may take a day or two, but you should see improvement in that time. Also, throw this stuff out, he said, waving the bare renew around. I nodded thanked him, and went about my day. Archived Forum Submission, February 13th, 2002, 9.53 p.m. It's been three days. My face has only gotten worse. I can hardly blink. My lips are completely frozen in place and eating is becoming increasingly difficult. To make things worse, the stiffness is moving. It's now going down my neck and even into my chest. Turning my head to one side takes about 20 seconds and a lot of effort. Breathing is becoming difficult as well, seeing as my chest isn't expanding like it should. Typing is taking more time too, I'm noticing. My fingers aren't moving as quickly as they usually do, and the creases on my knuckles have vanished. 
I think this bear of a new shit is bad news. My prescription doesn't seem to be helping either. I'm going back to the hospital. I think they can help. That was the last post from Cooper. It took a lot of digging, but I was able to find an article I believe references his story at least somewhat. The headline reads, Man goes missing, leaves behind strange doll. In the article, they talk about someone named Cooper Maxwell, a customer service rep who, to the best of everyone's knowledge, just left his home one night and never came back. There are a few issues with that, of course, and the article points them out. Cooper's car was still there, meaning he would have had to have left on foot. The problem is that the CCTV didn't catch him leaving the complex. They explain this away, saying he could have just gone out the window. But another problem arises with that. Cooper lived on the third floor. He would have had to have jumped from his balcony and somehow managed to not break anything, and then what? Walk a few towns over, get a new ID, dye his hair, change his name? It makes no sense. And then comes the bit about the doll. When they say doll, they don't mean a small one like you'd find at the store. It was described as lifelike and, quote, not dissimilar to a wax figurine. The article never explained what was done with the doll, and I doubt anyone will ever know. Cooper's case seemed to fizzle out soon after that. His parents have passed away, and despite my digging, I can't find anyone else who may be related to him or knew him personally. I don't think he's missing, though. As a matter of fact, I don't think Cooper ever actually left that apartment. I'm scared to even move. I can see him out there right now, just staring in from the other side of the street. I try to not even set foot on the ground anymore, like some ridiculous game of the floor's lava, but I can't risk too many more steps. I didn't believe it, you know? I mean, how could I? If I'd listened to her warning, I may at least have had a little more time. There's so little left now. The whole ordeal began about 12 years ago, give or take. In her defense, she did try to tell me everything, everything she knew, anyway. If I'd done what she said, I may have attempted to pass this on as she did, though the idea of that is horrifying in itself. I just couldn't doom anyone else to this fate, even if my demise may be ungodly agonizing. I can't say that I'm not second-guessing my choices, though, now that I'm so close to the end. We'd only been together for maybe four months or so, but when she brought up the idea of taking a trip to Hawaii, I was a little apprehensive, to be honest. Sure, a pleasant getaway with someone I was growing closer to each day sounded nice, but we lived in Florida. 
Was it really necessary to go to the expense of such a trip just to see some potentially somewhat nicer beaches than the ones only a few miles away? Come on, don't you want to see the world? She said, gazing at me with an enthusiastic smile from beside me on the bed. I mean, yeah, but that's an expensive-ass trip. This wasn't exactly one of those on-a-whim-type vacations, not for a regular working guy in his 20s with a healthy amount of debt already built up. What if I said I'll pay for it? She replied, running her fingers through my hair, pecking her lips against my neck. What do you have, some secret Swiss bank account you never told me about? I said with a laugh. I wasn't trying to be rude or dismissive or anything, but she worked a 9-to-5 just like I did. Sure, throughout our short time as a couple, we hadn't exactly talked about finances much, but I was certain she didn't have that sort of money to just throw around. I've got some in savings. Don't mind using it for a good cause. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome and all, but I can't ask. You're not asking. I'm offering. I'm practically throwing it at you for God's sake. She laughed again. Come on. I, uh, I guess. I mean, if that's what you really want to... I didn't get to finish my words before she almost threw herself on top of me, wrapping her arms and legs as far around me as she could while she straddled me on the queen-size mattress. It'll be great, she said, kissing me on the forehead, the tip of my nose, and then finally on the lips. You'll see. I still couldn't say whether we were at a crazy, expensive getaway point in our relationship, but... She made a convincing argument. If nothing else, it was good to see her happy and excited about something. She'd been a bit distant over those past few weeks, not enough for me to wonder if our relationship was hitting a bit of a speed bump, but something had been off with her. I couldn't put my finger on it at the time, but I would come to learn exactly what troubled her soon enough. It was around the third day of our trip that her behavior started to grow a bit unusual. We were just having a meal at a beautiful outdoor cafe near the beach when she just started staring off with something of a look of fear in her eyes. I turned to see if I could make out what she was looking at, whatever and whoever had her appearing so unsettled, but all I could see were people walking this way and that. What's wrong? I asked. You look spooked. Huh? Oh, it's... it's nothing. I just... She cut her eyes down to the table before fidgeting with her phone. She'd barely even touched her delicious-looking sandwich, nor had she slipped much of her pina colada. We'd made a little small talk. Where do you want to go next? Should we grab some drinks and take them to the room? Nothing major, but... She seemed so distracted at the time, I could barely even get any sort of straight answer. It carried on like that for most of the following day and she barely even wanted to leave the condo we had rented for the week. Even when we sat alone in the bedroom, she still gazed off from time to time, with her eyes wide and her lower lip quivering a little. I tried to press her more about what was going on, but she wouldn't tell me anything. It wasn't until that fifth night, after having barely stepped outside for the better part of 24 hours, that she let me in on the secret she'd been keeping. As dusk was approaching, she finally left the comfort of the plush mattress, took me by the hand, and led me outside. The gorgeous condo was right next to the sand, so we could easily step onto the beach at any time. The view was absolutely glorious, and the sound of the waves brushing against the shore provided such a magical soundtrack to our time away. Unfortunately, those sounds only filled me with dread now. 
It's time, she said as she sat down upon the sand, some fifteen feet or so from the shore. She wouldn't look at me while she spoke, only stared off to where the water rushed across the moistened sand. Had I really listened to her, or even been able to believe what she told me that day, I may have been able to make arrangements to preserve my life. I'm not entirely sure I could have ever done what she did to survive, but none of that really matters to me anymore. Not really. When this is done, you have 24 hours to get as far away from here as you can. He won't make a move for the first day. You're not making any sense. Who won't move? You can't see him. Not yet. From what I've been told, he can't see you either. He only sees me right now. She still gazed straight forward while she spoke in an emotionless yet trembling voice. I honestly thought she was either messing with me or was possibly on something. We'd both indulged in a good bit of alcohol over the previous days, and I'd known her to pop the occasional pillar three over the time I'd known her. She told me they were prescriptions when I asked her about them one day, but she never told me what they were supposed to be treating. Granted, we hadn't been together long, so perhaps we hadn't made it to the revealing medical or psychological issues part of the relationship yet, but I never did get an answer for what sort of meds she was even taking. I did catch a glimpse of one of the bottles one time, but it was so quick that I didn't even see the name of the medication. I did see that it was not her name on the label, though. I never pushed it, as it didn't quite seem like my place at the time. She never came off as under the influence of anything, no erratic mood swings or bouts of unexpected giddiness or anything. She never had the saggy and mentally checked out eyes or the less than purposeful body movements and the like, so I just brushed my concerns aside. I suppose I just chalked it up to exactly what she said. She had to take them. Perhaps if I had pushed the topic more, she may have given some more answers before then, but no sense crying over pills and salt water brushing over the sand. Either way, her words were not making a bit of sense to me at the time, but they do now. Yeah, they're, they're crystal clear now. You, uh, <laughs> you sound a bit crazy, you know that, right? I said with a nervous chuckle. I do. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but I need you to hear me. She said, finally cutting her eyes to meet mine. They were red and somewhat swollen, with tears already trickling out from within. Hey, I said, running my fingers through her hair. What's got you so upset? You can tell me anything you know. I'm trying to, but you're not listening. She wrapped her fingers around the hand I ran across her face. You have to hear me. I'm listening, sweetheart. Just, no, you're not. She said, cutting my words short. Please, just let me speak for a minute, okay? <sighs> okay, I replied with a sigh. I won't say another word until you're done. I shrugged, closing the invisible zipper across my mouth. She sighed, rolling her eyes while looking as though she was beginning to lose her cool a bit. 
I smiled at her, to which she returned a very empty grin before she began to speak again. What she told me would not truly register for many years, and by the time I truly understood, well, the damage was done, I suppose. I inherited this from someone I used to know. Someone who told me what I'm trying to tell you, and I pray to God you have the strength to tell another someday. The farther you get, the longer you have. After that first day has passed, he will take a step for every one that you take. You can drive, you can fly, you can go anywhere and do anything, but however close he was with that last step you shared, he will be just as close when you walk again. She kept cutting her eyes back to the shore, but the more she spoke, the more confident she sounded in her words. That's why I wanted you to come here. You can go home again and live a normal life for a long time. It could take decades for him to reach you if you're careful. He shouldn't get within a shout of you for many years, but when he does, you have to do what I'm doing now. I'm so sorry for this, and if I'd listened back then, I'd still have more time to pass this on, but... But as it turns out now... He's only a few steps away now, and if I don't do this, I... I don't want to die. I care about you, I really do, but we can't see each other after this. Whoa, I said, dropping her hand from mine. You're dumping me? Is that what all this shit is about? You brought me all the way out here to break up with me. No, she said, reaching her hand to meet mine again before I pulled it away. I don't have a choice. I need... Oh, you need? What exactly do you need? I could feel my face burning and my chest heaving with rage. You've got to be shitting me. I got up to my feet before readying myself to stomp away and start packing my suitcase when she reached up and grabbed my hand again. Please. Please don't go. Not yet. I yanked my hand back again, charging away from her like a spoiled child, pitching a tantrum. No! She screamed out in such a frenzied and crazed manner that it caused me to stop in place. I turned to see her standing where she had sat only moments before, cutting her eyes frantically between me and the waves caressing the sand. She looked as though she wanted to come closer to me, but appeared as though she was too scared to move. She outstretched her hand towards me while she began to sob almost uncontrollably. Just the sight of her looking in so much anguish as she darted her eyes back and forward made me want to run back into her arms, but I felt so betrayed at the time. I didn't know what to think. Please, she begged, holding both arms in front of her as she stayed rooted to the spot. What do you want from me? I asked, feeling almost exhausted from this whole ordeal. I... I want you. I want us, but just come here. Please, just... I was already pacing back toward her, though my mind was still all over the place. I was confused, to say the least, but I'd grown to care so much for her over our short time together that I couldn't stand to see that look on her face. In all honesty, I wasn't even sure if she was mentally sound at the time with the way she was carrying on, but I wanted to help her. 
In some ways, I think I would have still gone to her, even if I had understood what was going on, though I feel a good deal differently about that now. I was only a few feet from her while she still darted her head back and forth. She glared at my approaching feet and back to the seemingly vacant beachfront behind her, before taking two wide steps to reach me. She wrapped her arms around me, kissed me far more passionately than I think she'd ever done before, and took one small step back, holding my hand in hers. I wish things could have gone differently, she said with tears still trickling down her reddened face. I couldn't tell if she was so rosy because of the time spent under the blistering sun, or if she was flushed from this bizarre conversation, but she appeared truly saddened at the time. Whatever it was behind her gaze, when she slipped one hand free from mine, she closed her eyes, before taking one more step backward, still keeping her fingers entwined with mine, while reaching out behind her with the hand she pulled free. It wasn't until she gripped onto the man who stood directly behind her that I even noticed him, but the moment I laid my eyes on him for the first time, I screamed so loudly that I thought I may just wake the dead. I'm not sure if it was simply the fact that I saw no trace of anyone else before that moment that filled me with horror at the time, or if it was those piercing yellow eyes that cut from the woman I saw a future with to my trembling gaze. He was neither big nor small, just average in height and size, but the proportions didn't quite seem right. What appeared to be the dark gray flesh of his bony forearms hung a good three inches from the wide cuffs of his faded blue and dusty peacoat. Equally, his slender shins protruded from his wide and baggy jeans to high-topped muddy black work boots, leaving only an inch or so of dark flesh in between collar was pulled high around his face with a thick black woolen knit cap pulled down to his brow, but that was all I needed to see to know I did not want to see the rest. Even with the subtle glow of the shimmering yellow eyes seemingly illuminating from just above the collar of his coat, it did not reveal any details of the face beneath. I was actually thankful for that much, as I wanted to see as little of this man as possible. It was the constant dripping of what looked like blood from his somewhat elongated fingers that almost caused my knees to weaken. The way his crimson-stained fingers wrapped around her unsoiled digits made the sight even more unnerving. Even as the blood streamed from his hand to hers, it left no trace upon her skin. I'm sorry she said, her voice quivering from the far more aggressively flowing tears. I'm sorry, but Derisand is yours now. Get as far away as you can. Find someone to pass him to before he reaches you. If he gets you, he'll kill you. It'll hurt, like, a lot. From what he, uh, one who passed him told me what the actual f you can beat him you just have to just pass it on okay I couldn't convince myself to speak I just felt so irrationally terrified at the time 
I still didn't believe a word she told me, but my disbelief did not explain away the madness of this strange man appearing out of nowhere. Don't try to find me. If you do, I... I, I think you'll take us both. Just go back home. And don't take any un unnecessary steps, okay? Where did he come from? I asked, still attempting to wrap my mind around this. She finally pulled her hand away from mine and placed it on my face. I really, truly am sorry. I think we had something here, but... Just take care of yourself. For me, yeah? Those were the last words she said to me before she ran back to the room we'd shared over those days at the beach. I was left alone on the sand and the man in the peacoat glaring at me. As I paced backward, I halfway expected him to follow, but he didn't so much as twitch while I got further and further away from him. He just stood there, even as I began to refill my suitcases with everything I'd brought for the week away. While I whipped clothes from hangers and the drawers I flung open, I noticed an envelope sitting on the dresser with my name scribbled across it. In a way, I wasn't surprised to see the plane ticket within, nor the note reiterating the story she had spun before she introduced me to her buddy. It would seem that this was her plan all along, to lead me far from the town I lived in, to at least give me some time to weasel my way out of this. Throughout the flight back to the state I left behind some days before, I allowed myself to believe that this was all just a crazy prank, some farce to make the breakup easier on her. She'd wanted to dump me, perhaps from the beginning, but maybe she just felt bad for me or something. Sure, this was quite the extreme series of events to finance, only to split from a guy she'd only known for a few months, but it made a hell of a lot more sense than her passing on some supernatural curse. The guy on the beach may have simply been hiding while she gave the performance of a lifetime. He was all made up with prosthetics and for the works while she distracted me with her tears and moans. I bet he was the guy she was ditching me for, too. She likely ran back into his arms as soon as I was out of sight. I was certain they had quite the laugh at my expense with me buying into her insane story like the gullible asshole I am. The more I allowed those thoughts to dance across my mind, the more I believed every word of it. I mentally beat myself up for believing her ridiculous lies, and by the time I arrived back in my hometown, I convinced myself that there was nothing to fear. I moped around for the next couple of weeks, and even came close to calling her a few times, but I had a feeling if she'd gone to such extremes to break up with me, she likely wouldn't be so easy to reach. Throughout my period of self-pity and brooding, I did look up the term Der Reisende to find it basically translated to the Traveler. I suppose it made sense with the claims she made about him. Even that simple thing pissed me off as I imagined her searching up fitting ideas for a name online before setting on a German term that sounded foreboding enough to fit the bill. I grew more angry and bitter with every passing day until my wallowing period came to an end. I was never good with rejection, 
so I'm not exactly proud of the fact that it took me a good couple of months to get over a relationship that lasted just a little longer than it took me to get past it. Regardless of my insecurities and otherwise shameful behavior, I had all but forgotten about the traveler by the time I got back into the swing of regular life again. As more time passed by, the strange man in the peacoat was a distant memory as the one who introduced me to him. I went through a few more relationships during the decade that followed until I finally found someone I thought may just be the one. My younger and far more cynical self hadn't always indulged in the belief in such a thing, but Sylvie made me happier than I could have ever imagined. We'd been together for a year or so, and I was right on the verge of popping the question any day. I'd even picked out a ring, which rested in the pocket of every pair of pants or jacket I wore for two straight months. I had planned everything out. The night I planned to take a knee before the woman I loved. It was her favorite spot in the city, the one we met at. I'd love to pretend that it was that very event that sparked her love for the rooftop tavern, but she'd been a regular for years before we shared our first drink. It was a fairly classy joint, all things considered, but not overly so. Though my crappy job from my younger years had inspired me to finally earn a degree and a career to boot, I still wasn't prone to spending hundreds of dollars on a simple night out on the town. For her, well, I would be less inclined to be so penny-pinching, but it was still nice that our special place was one well within comfortable spending limits. My stomach was in knots as we took our usual table right by the edge of the roof. From there, we could damn near see for miles over the neighboring rooftops and across the streets of the city, but it was only her eyes I looked into that night. I was almost certain she would give me the answer I was seeking, but I was still almost cripplingly nervous while we laughed and drank at our lonely roofside table. I imagine this may sound like I'm exaggerating for the sake of dramatic emphasis or something, but I swear it was just as I reached my trembling fingers into my pocket to retrieve the little box that something caught my eye. I felt my face drain every single drop of blood it held, while the nervous churning in my gut shifted to something that almost caused me to retch across my beautiful girlfriend. Just about all I could make out were those subtly glowing eyes at first. While so much of the city was blanketed in darkness, I could barely see the silhouette from such a distance away, but that shimmering amber glare felt like it was boring into my skull. I wasn't sure exactly how close he'd gotten, and it wasn't easy to read from where we sat, but as everything the woman whose name I couldn't even remember anymore had said came flooding back to me, I ran for the restroom without saying a word. While I offered the contents of my still-churning stomach to the porcelain god, I realized my sprint had likely inspired the traveler to come even closer. When Sylvie knocked on the door, asking if I was alright, it caused my anguish to grow even more agitated. It was then, as the realization of this curse was not just the ramblings of a crazy ex hit me, that I knew I could not follow through with the plans I had made for that night. When we finally made it back to our table, I glanced over again to see the man had moved from beneath the street lamp to what appeared to be maybe ten to twenty feet closer. He was still a good distance away, still 
revealing no more than his shadowed form and glowing eyes, but he was still definitely closer now. Every step I took as we headed back to the house my would-be fiancé shared caused my chest to quake, as I couldn't know how much longer I had until my old buddy caught up with me. Though it practically shattered me to do so, I had to put an end to my relationship with the woman I'd adored with my whole heart and soul. I couldn't risk passing this to her, and I would not want her to have to endure my premature death if I didn't force someone else to take this from me. It hurt so much more than I can even begin to put into words to tell her I had to end things, but it was my only choice. The only one I could see anyway. As the weeks went by, she attempted to reach out to me so many times, but I had to keep her far from arm's length, even if it felt as though it would kill me long before the traveler made it to my front door. After some time, I believe she got the hint that we would not rekindle, but I still long for her even now, even with the end so close. Over the months that followed, I tried to limit my walking as much as possible. I even went to the extreme of buying a wheelchair to get around him, but I was only delaying the inevitable by that point. I had to fake some medical condition to get away with using the chair at work, but fortunately nobody pushed the topic. It's amazing how much people will accept to avoid potentially awkward conversations. Even with taking such a limited amount of steps, I still couldn't avoid my feet touching the floor from time to time. Maybe if I'd taken more precautions, I could have stretched it out a little longer, but there's not much I can do now. As I sit here, typing out these words, I can see him staring through my window from the other side of the street. When I'm at my desk at work, he's just down the hall. I can't always see him, but I feel his eyes on me. I've considered trying to pass this on, even if it meant cursing some poor pizza delivery kid or random asshole at work, but I can't bring myself to do it. If I had more time, I may have tried to convince some poor bastard to take a trip with me before handing them over to the traveler on a silver platter, but I couldn't do that, could I? I can't say I'll have the same conviction by the time it gets into the house but I'm hoping I'm strong enough to give him what he wants. Maybe, though. I mean, would it make me an awful person if I found a way to hand this over to someone? I suppose it's a little more than the fact that I'm fucking terrified at the moment, but to anyone who is reading this, perhaps you'd be so kind to give a dying man some advice. If you were in this situation, what would you do? Would you pass it on and live with the burden of knowing you may have damned someone to a fate you were too chicken shit to face? Or would you accept the cards that fate has dealt you? All things considered, if the next potential victim would actually listen to the warnings, this could go on forever. With nobody ever having to find out what the traveler has in store for them. If it sounds like I'm making some sort of sales pitch, well I suppose I am, now that I'm thinking about it. Call it last-minute desperation of a poor, damned soul, but would anyone out there be willing to meet my old friend? For price, of course. How much would it take to make something like this worthwhile? Come on. What do you say? <laughs>